Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, two Dallas men pleaded guilty to using Grindr to commit hate crimes. The first LGBT-welcoming senior housing development in New York City has officially opened. An elder at a Missouri church was charged with soliciting sexual favors from college guys. And the Netflix series special is renewed for season two. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. in Dallas have pleaded guilty to hate crimes and other charges for using Grindr to commit violence against gay men and rob them by forcing them at gunpoint to withdraw money at ATMs. Daryl Henry, 24 years old, pleaded guilty to one count of committing a hate crime under the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act and one count of conspiracy to commit hate crimes, kidnapping, and carjacking. Pablo Cineceros de Leon, 19 years old, also pleaded guilty to one count of committing a hate crime, one count of carjacking, and one count of using a firearm in relation to a crime of violence. U.S. Assistant Attorney General Eric Dryband of the Civil Rights Division issued a statement saying prosecuting those who commit such monstrous acts against victims' sexual orientation is a priority of the Department of Justice. Kidnappings, carjackings, thefts, Sexual assaults and armed violent attacks against innocent people are heinous crimes, and when perpetrators commit those crimes against victims because of their sexual orientation, the U.S. Department of Justice will continue zealously to seek justice for the victims and to punish the perpetrators to the full extent of the law. U.S. Attorney Aaron Neely Cox of the Northern District of Texas confirmed in a statement Grindr was the tool used to target gay men in committing the hate crimes. Said Cox, These defendants use Grindr to single out their victim based on sexual orientation, something the Northern District of Texas simply will not tolerate. Unfortunately, this is not the first time a dating app user has fallen victim to a violent crime. I'm urging the public to be vigilant about the dangers lurking online. According to the Justice Department, both Henry and Cineceros de Leon admitted they used Grindr to lure gay men to a vacant apartment, as well as other areas in and around Dallas for robbery, carjacking, kidnapping, and hate crimes. Henry confessed he and others held the victims against their will in the vacant apartment, and Cineceros de Leon confessed he and others traveled to local ATMs to withdraw cash from the victims' accounts. Both men admitted they subjected their victims to taunts based on their perceived sexual orientation. Additionally, Cineceros de Leon admitted to being the gunman in a December 7, 2017 carjacking, where he and others used Grindr to lure a man to a location, then forced him to withdraw cash from his account. According to a January 2019 report in the Dallas Morning News, the string of violent robberies and hate crimes targeting gay men in Dallas came to an end after one of their victims managed to get away from his kidnappers and call 911. 
When Dallas police showed up at a vacant apartment where that man had been held, they found four of the victims lying face down in an empty bedroom. One victim was smeared with feces and urinated on, and another was sexually assaulted with an object. At least four men were suspected in the crime spree. In March 2019, Michael Atkinson had already pleaded guilty to conspiracy and kidnapping charges in connection with the case. FBI Dallas Special Agent in Charge Matthew DeSarno said in a statement the victims in this case were specifically targeted because of their sexual orientation. And in related news, Grindr has announced new safety security features to help protect users from identity theft and danger in locations where being gay is a crime. The new features include, one, being able to unsend messages and photos from conversations with other users, two, expiring photos, which will allow users to have their photos disappear from conversations, and three, screenshot blocking to protect content and photos of those in countries or locations unfriendly to LGBTQ people. Grindr has also unveiled a holistic security guide. The guide, released in six languages, provides advice for digital security, personal safety, and emotional well-being while engaging others online. The company says the new features are part of Grindr's continuing efforts to encourage more awareness of personal safety after reports of crimes being committed against queer people using the app. The first tenants of Stonewall House, the first ever LGBT welcoming senior housing development in New York City, opened this week with the first residents expected to move into the 145-unit building near Fort Greene Park in Brooklyn before Christmas, with the rest of the residents moving in throughout January. It is the largest such development in the country, and its construction has been overseen in partnership with SAGE the world's largest and oldest organization dedicated to improving the lives of LGBTQ older people. Michael Adams, CEO of SAGE, told the Daily Beast, In 2019, in this 50th anniversary year of the Stonewall Uprising, we couldn't think of a better name for the first building of this kind. People will be able to live their lives freely and openly in this building. We see our elders as heroes and want them to be treated as such when living in their own homes. That's what we want to accomplish with this building. Stonewall House will provide affordable housing for individuals over 62 years of age who earn 60% or less of the area median income. The development of Stonewall House evolved alongside Mayor Bill de Blasio, placing an emphasis on developing LGBT-friendly housing for elders as part of his housing plan for New York City. Units in the building include 54 studio apartments, and 91 one-bedroom apartments, with 25% of those occupied by formerly homeless older people, who will be among the first most-in-need tenants to move into the building. Similar senior housing developments already exist in Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Chicago, and Minneapolis. SAGE will also operate the SAGE Center Brooklyn at Stonewall House, a 7,000-square-foot community center located on the property's ground floor opening in mid-January. The building will not house LGBTQ people exclusively, though. The split will be roughly 50-50 with straight residents. New York City and state discrimination laws meant that it would be illegal to construct a building for solely LGBTQ elders. The goal is to create a community that was LGBTQ-friendly. All residents applying to live there will have to understand and embrace the spirit of the building. 
A 2014 report by the Equal Rights Center found nearly half, 48%, of same-sex LGBTQ senior couples applying for senior housing were subjected to discrimination. Studies also show that 25% of transgender older adults experience housing discrimination on the basis of their gender identities. More good news on the horizon. Come March or April, a second SAGE-supported LGBTQ-friendly elder residential facility will open in the Bronx. It will have 83 apartments. Germany could become the first major European power to ban so-called conversion therapy. The country's cabinet has officially backed a law Parliament is expected to pass this summer that would punish those who try to change an individual's sexual orientation or gender identity through the debunked practice with imprisonment of up to one year or a fine of up to 30,000 euros, which translates to about $33,000. Health Minister Jen Spahn said in a statement, Homosexuality is not an illness. So the term therapy in itself is misleading. This alleged therapy makes you sick and not healthy. A ban is also an important sign for those struggling with their sexuality. It's okay to be who you are. According to studies in Germany, an estimated 1,000 people are subjected to conversion therapy every year in the country. If the legislation passes, Germany would become only the second European country to ban it following in the footsteps of Malta, which did so in 2016. Under the new law, the practice would be banned outright for minors and would also be illegal when conducted on adults against their will, such as through threats or force. Additionally, teachers and parents could be liable if ruled to have neglected their duty of care. Other countries considering banning conversion therapy include Britain, Canada, New Zealand, and Australia. In the United States... Currently, 18 states and the District of Columbia have laws prohibiting the practice, with Utah set to become the 19th. Barry Cole Pointer, an elder at an anti-LGBTQ Kirksville Church of Christ in Missouri and a professor at Truman State University, was arrested this week and charged with soliciting sexual favors from male college students on Grindr. There we go again. The Kirksville Daily Express reports that Pointer, who goes by the screen name DILF, D-I-L-F, was nabbed in a police sting as he attempted to meet one student at a gas station. According to the report, DILF had told the undercover officer that he wanted to have a sugar daddy relationship and asked for sexual favors in exchange for filling up the officer's gas tank and giving him an Arby's gift card. I'd make a joke, but this is serious. Upon meeting the officer at the gas station, Pointer tried to flee but pulled over soon after, claiming he was just trying to help kids out. Mm-hmm. According to the Daily Express, in addition to his position as a professor of communication at Truman State University, Pointer is a leader at the famously homophobic Kirksville Church of Christ. He's listed as one of three church elders, and over the years has coordinated numerous events from vacation Bible schools to marriage counseling. Truman State University issued a statement last week saying Pointer had been placed on suspension. The editor-in-chief of The Advocate, Zach Stafford, and his counterpart at Out Magazine, Philip Picardi, announced last week that they are leaving their respective posts. 
Stafford, who is also a co-host of BuzzFeed's AM to DM morning talk show, hasn't made a statement about his departure, but Bacardi shared the news on Twitter, writing in part, This journey has been shorter and more complex than I hoped, but it has been an honor to helm this title, and a deeper honor to lead such an incredibly talented team of LGBTQ plus people. Both Out and The Advocate are owned by Pride Media. And speaking of Pride Media, the company's interim CEO, Orlando Reese, is also heading for the exit. NBC News reports that Pride Media has, quote, been plagued by reports of unpaid invoices by freelance journalists. Earlier this year, the National Writers Union announced a lawsuit against Pride Media on behalf of 25 freelancers who were then allegedly owed over $40,000 for work that Pride Media published but did not pay for. This lawsuit and other efforts used the social media hashtag OutOs to draw attention to the issue. LGBTQ journalist John Paul Brammer, who pins the popular Ola Poppy column for Out, recently acknowledged those issues on Twitter, sharing he's currently due several months of pay from the company. A day after this story broke, he tweeted a reply from Pride Media indicating his invoices were in the system, but there's, quote, no date for payment yet. Streaming giant Netflix has announced its Emmy-nominated show Special will be returning in 2020. The series follows the life of a 20-something gay man who's living with cerebral palsy. The story is based on the semi-autobiographical memoir I'm Special and Other Lies We Tell Ourselves by Ryan O'Connell. The Hollywood writer who has worked on MTV's Awkward and Will and Grace not only wrote and pitched Special, but serves as an executive producer on the series and stars in it. The series has been celebrated for helping to destigmatize gay sex between people with disabilities and putting a face on the challenges of cerebral palsy with a light comedic flair earning the show its Emmy recognition and now a second season. The new season for the show is scheduled to premiere in 2020. Now, while the first season's episodes were only 15 minutes long, the show's Emmy buzz might convince Netflix to extend the episode length to half-hour format for the second season. The holiday season can bring you and your significant other closer, even as you cope with the stress of including them in family events. The folks at ForHims.com have come up with some helpful tips for that big moment when you introduce your boo to the family. First, tell your parents about your partner. Have a quick meeting with them without your partner to go over your expectations. And you can share your partner's stories and dietary restrictions and their hobbies. Two, set expectations for your partner. Tell your partner about good things about your parents. Talk to your partner about your parents' viewpoints and what topics to pay attention to. And number three, help your partner be prepared. Let them know what your family's dinner etiquette is like. Prepare some answers to some common questions your parents might ask. And finally, plan an exit strategy. Arrange a code word or signal with your significant other beforehand, which means, I need to get out of here. You can have another commitment in mind that you can use as an excuse for escaping. And also, only commit to visiting for a limited period of time. And remember... Give it time. All first-time family meetings with your significant other can be awkward. But don't stress out, have patience, and be open to understanding different viewpoints. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, 
I'd appreciate it if you would share it with your friends. I like to think of The Randy Report as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.